Section 31 of A Year Amongst the Persians by Edward Granville Brown. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. A Year Amongst the Persians by Edward Granville Brown. Section 31 on another occasion i had been telling another of ardashir's assistants named iran about the englishman at shiraz who had turned muhammadan i think he is sorry for it now i concluded for he has cut himself off from his own people and is regarded with suspicion or contempt by many of the Mussulmans who keep a sharp watch over him to see that he punctually discharges all the duties laid upon him by the religion of islam i wish him well out of it and hope that he may succeed in his plan of returning to his home and his aged mother but i misdoubt it i think he wished to join himself to me and come here that he might proceed homewards by way of mashhad but i was not very desirous of his company it is quite true replied iran that a bad companion is worse than none for as saadi says it is better to go barefoot than with tight shoes yet if you will not take it amiss would you not do well if you return to shiraz to take this man with you and to bring him and if possible his mohammedan wife also to england this would assuredly be a good action he would return to the faith he has renounced and his wife also might become a christian they and their children after them would be gained to your religion and yours would be the merit often it happens that one of us zoroastrians either through mere ignorance and heedlessness or because he is in love with a mohammedan girl whom he cannot otherwise win renounces the faith of his fathers and embraces islam such not unfrequently repent of their action and in this case we supply them with money to take them to bombay where they can return without the danger which they would incur here to their former faith often their mohammedan wives also adopt the zoroastrian religion and thus a whole family is won over to our creed i was not aware i remarked that it was possible under any circumstances for one not born a zoroastrian to become one do you consent to receive back a renegade after any lapse of time no answered iran not after six months or so for if they remain mussulmans for longer than this their hearts are turned black and incurably infected by the law of islam and we cannot then receive them back amongst us of the english towards whom they look as their natural protectors the persian zoroastrians have a very high opinion though several of them and especially dastur tirandaus deplored the supineness of the english government and the apathy with which it regards the hand stretched out to it for help you do not realize said they what a shield and protection the english name is else you would surely not grudge it to poor unfortunates for whom no one cares 
and who in any time of disturbance are liable to be killed or plundered without redress after my return to england i and i think lieutenant vaughan also made certain representations to the foreign office which i believe were not ineffectual for as i subsequently learned a zoroastrian had been appointed british agent in yazd this was what the zoroastrians so earnestly desired for they believed that the british flag would protect their community even in times of the gravest danger although the zoroastrian women do not veil their faces and are not subjected to the restrictions imposed on their mohammedan sisters i naturally saw but little of them twice however parties of gubra girls came to the garden to gaze in amused wonder at the farangi stranger those composing the first party were i believe related to ardashir and were accompanied by two men the second party introduced by old jamshid the gardener who did the honours and metaphorically stirred me up with a long pole to exhibit me to better advantage consisted of young girls one or two of whom were extremely pretty these conducted themselves less sedately and to judge by their rippling laughter found no little amusement in the spectacle old dastur tirandaz was to me one of the most interesting because one of the most thoroughgoing and least sophisticated of the zoroastrians he appeared to be in high favour with the governor prince emodo dole from whom he was continually bringing messages of goodwill to me in three of the four visits which i paid to the prince he bore me company standing outside in the courtyard while i sat within my first visit was paid the morning after i had received the lamb and the tray of sweetmeats wherewith the prince on the representations of the dastur already described was graciously pleased to mark his sense of my distinction accompanied by the prince's pishkhedmat or page-in-waiting an intolerably conceited youth and several farrashes who had been sent to form my escort we walked to the government house which was situated at the other end of the town by the arg or citadel the dastur who walked by my side was greatly troubled that i had not a horse or attendance of my own and seemed to think that my apparel which indeed was somewhat the worse for wear was hardly equal to the occasion as i preferred walking to riding and as i had not come to yaz to see princes or to indulge in ostentatious parade these considerations did not affect me in the least except that i was rather annoyed by the persistence with which the dastur repeated to the prince governor that i had come chapar by post-horses from shiraz with only such effects as were absolutely necessary and that a telegram must be sent to shiraz to have my baggage forwarded with all speed to yazd the prince however was very good-natured and treated me with the greatest kindness inquiring especially as to the books on philosophy and mysticism which i had read and bought i mentioned several and he expressed high approval of the selection which i had made especially commending the lavaeh of jaumi lahiji's commentary on the gulshan e 
and Jami's Ashe'atul Lama'at, or commentary on the Lama'at of Iraqi, of Haji Mullah Hadi's Asrarul Hikam. On the other hand, he did not appear to have a very high opinion. He further questioned me as to my plans for the future and on learning that i proposed to proceed to kerman promised to give me a letter of recommendation to prince nasiruddole the governor of that place and also to my consternation expressed his intention of sending an escort with me i was accompanied back to the garden by the farrashes to whom i had given a present of two tomans about thirteen shillings the prince's attentions though kindly meant were in truth somewhat irksome two days after the visit above described he sent his conceited pishkhidmat to inquire after my health and to ask me whether i had need of anything and when i intended to visit a certain waterfall near the shir Kuh, which he declared i must certainly see before quitting his territories for the moment i escaped in polite ambiguities but two days later the pishkhidmat again came with a request that as ramazan was close at hand i would at once return with him to the government house as the prince wished to see me ere the fast with the derangement of ordinary business consequent on it began i had no resource but to comply and after giving the pishkhidmat tea which he drank critically i again set out with him the dastur and the inevitable farrashes for the prince's residence on leaving the palace shortly before sunset the dastur mysteriously asked me whether if i were in no particular hurry to get home he might instruct the farrashes to take a more devious route through the bazaars i consented without at first being able to divine his object which was no doubt to show the Mussulmans of yazd that i the ferangi was held in honour by the prince and that he the fire priest was on the most friendly and intimate terms with me after this visit i enjoyed a period of repose for which as i imagine i was indebted to the fast of ramazan the zoroastrians of course like myself were unaffected by this and so was my servant Hauji safar who came to me on the eve of the fast to know what his duty in the matter might be he explained that travellers were exempt from the obligation of fasting provided they made good the omission at some future date but that if i could promise to remain at yazd for ten clear days of ramazan he could fast for those ten days postponing the remainder of his fast till some more convenient time it was of no use he added to begin fasting unless he could reckon on ten consecutive days a shorter period than this not entering into computation i declined to bind myself by any such promise feeling pretty sure that Hauji safar would not be sorry for an excuse to postpone the period of privation till the season of short days and so though it was not till ramazan thirteenth that i actually quitted yazd he continued to pursue the ordinary tenor of his life amongst the minor annoyances which served to remind me that even yazd was not without its drawbacks were the periodical appearances in my room of scorpions and tarantulas both of which abound in the dry sandy soil of this part of persia of these noxious animals 
the latter were to me the most repulsive from the horrible nimbleness of their movements the hideous half-transparent greyness of their bodies and the hairiness of their legs and venomous mandibles i had seen one or two in the caravanserai where i first alighted but on removing to the clean and tidy house of ardashir's garden hoped that i had done with them i was soon undeceived for as i sat at supper the day after my arrival i saw to my disgust a very large one of singularly aggressive appearance sitting on the wall about three feet above the floor i approached it with a slipper intending to slay it but it appeared to divine my intentions rushed up the wall and half across the ceiling with incredible speed dropped at my feet and made straight for the window crossing in its course the pyramid of sweetmeats sent to me by the prince over which its horny legs rattled with a loathsome clearness which almost turned me sick this habit of dropping from the ceiling is one of the tarantula's many unpleasant characteristics and the persians who call it rotail or khawiyagaz believe that it can only bite while descending its bite is generally said to be hardly less serious than that of the scorpion but ardashir assured me that people were seldom bitten by it and that he had never known its wound prove fatal the yazdis at all events regarded its presence with much more equanimity than i did and the kalantar or mayor of the zoroastrians displayed no alarm when a large specimen was observed sitting on the ceiling almost exactly over his head the prince governor manifested somewhat more disgust when a tarantula made its appearance in his reception room one evening when i had gone to visit him but then he was not a yazdi as regards scorpions i killed a small whitish one in my room shortly after i had missed my first tarantula a day or two afterwards old jamshid the gardener brought me up another which he had just killed in the garden and seized the occasion to give me a sort of lecture on noxious insects the black woodlouse-like animal which i had slain at chalbegi he declared to have been a susmaur though this word is generally supposed to mean a lizard having discussed this he touched briefly on the tirmar earwig sad pau centipede and hazar pau millipede concluding with the interesting statement that in every anthill of the large black ants two large black scorpions live i suggested that we should dig up an anthill and see if it were so but he declined to be a party to any such undertaking seeming to consider that such a procedure would be in very indifferent taste as long as the scorpions stay inside said he we have no right to molest them and to do so is to incur ill luck so my curiosity remained unsatisfied old jamshid was very particular in the observance of his religious duties and i constantly heard him muttering his prayers under my window in that peculiar droning tone which so impressed the arabs that they invented a special word for it ardashir who had seen the world and imbibed latitudinarian ideas affected to regard this performance with a good-natured contempt 
which he extended to many of the Dastur's cherished convictions. One day, for instance, mention was made of ghouls and other supernatural beings. Tush, said Ardashir, there are no such things. No such things, exclaimed the Dastur. Why, I have seen one myself. No, no, rejoined Ardashir, you saw a man or a mule or some other animal in the gloaming and deceived by the half-light the solitude or your own fears supposed it to be a ghoul here i interposed begging the dastur to narrate his experience which he readily consented to do i was riding back from taft to the city one evening said he when nearly opposite our dachme i lost my way as i was casting about to discover the path i suddenly saw a light before me on the right i thought it must come from the village of kosemobaud and was preparing to make for it when it suddenly shifted to my left hand and began to approach me it drew quite near and then i saw a creature like a wild pig in front of which flitted a light like a large lantern i was horribly frightened but i repeated a prayer out of the desaltir whereupon the thing vanished it soon reappeared however this time in the form of a mule preceded by a man bearing a lantern and thus addressed me o son of man what dost thou hear i replied that i had lost my way thereupon it pointed out a path which as it assured me would lead me to the city i followed this path for some distance but it only led me farther out of my way until at last i reached a village where i found some of our own people these set me in the right road and would have borne me company to the city but i would not suffer them to do so believing that i should have no further difficulty on reaching a bridge hard by the city i again saw the creature waiting for me by the roadside it again strove to mislead me but this time i paid no heed to it and pushing past it reached my house in safety its object was to lead me into some desolate spot and there destroy me in the manner of the ghouls after this experience you will understand that i am firmly convinced of the existence of these creatures i was not so much troubled at yazd by applications for medical advice and treatment as i had feared partly because after my experiences at dehbid and godeshirdan i had forbidden hauji safar and baba khan to say a word about my having any medical knowledge and partly because ardashir would not suffer strangers of whom he knew nothing to come to his garden to see me 
once however when i was sitting talking to bahman and iran in ardashir's office situated on the ground floor of one of the chief caravanserais in the city a crowd of people assembled outside to stare at me from which a seyyed presently disengaged himself and asked me whether i would cure him of an enlarged spleen i asked him how he knew that it was his spleen that was affected he replied that the persian doctors had told him so what the persian doctors can diagnose can they not treat i inquired yes he replied they can but they prescribe only two remedies shirab and zahrab wine and urine of which one is unlawful and the other disgusting i finally told him that i could not undertake to treat him without first examining him and that if he wished this he must come and see me in ardashir's garden he never came however or if he did he was not admitted the zoroastrians are as a rule good gardeners and have some skill in the use of simples from ardashir and his gardener jamshid i learned the names and supposed properties of many plants which grew in the garden unfortunately the little botanical knowledge i ever possessed had grown so rusty by long disuse that i often was unable to supply the english name or even to refer the plant to its proper order however i give the following list as a contribution towards a better knowledge of the persian nomenclature pudane or pudanak kausni accounted cool and good for the liver from it is prepared a spirit called aragekosmi torb radish govgush fighting cock oftob gardan or golekhorshid sunflower bidanjir or bidangir castor oil plant rozdone fennel said to be an analgesic yunje clover tare a small plant resembling garlic and with a similar smell said to be good for hemorrhoids shah tare accounted hot and moist a decoction of it taken in the morning on an empty stomach is said to be good for indigestion and disorders of the stomach shavij a hot umbelliferous plant with a yellow blossom gashnij a cold umbelliferous plant with a white flower chogandar beetroot golekhatmi hollyhock kalam cabbage called by the gubras in their dialect komni esvinaj spinach kahu lettuce kaduje ragged robin or campion Karanfel, passion flower i have alluded to the dialect spoken amongst themselves by the zoroastrians of persia and by them called dari this term has been objected to by monsieur clement wart who has published in the journal asiatique several valuable papers on certain persian dialects which he classes together under the name of pehlavi musulman and regards as the descendants of the ancient median language preserved to us in the avesta 
The chief ground of his objection is that the description of the Dari dialect given in the prolegomena of several standard Persian dictionaries does not at all agree with the so-called Dari spoken by the Gubras of Yazd and Kerman. Personally, I confess that I attach but little importance to the evidence of the Persian lexicographers in this matter, seeing that it is the rarest thing for an educated Persian to take any interest in local dialects, or even to recognize their philological importance, and I shall therefore continue provisionally to call the dialect in question by the name given to it by those who speak it. That it is closely allied to the Gohrudi, Kaushani, Sivandi, Lori, and other dialects spoken in remote and isolated districts of Persia, and generically termed by the Persians Fursepadim, Old Persian, is, however, not to be doubted. This Dari dialect is only used by the Gubras amongst themselves and all of them, so far as I know, speak Persian as well. When they speak their own dialect, even a Yazdi Musulman cannot understand what they are saying, or can only understand it very imperfectly. It is for this reason that the Zoroastrians cherish their Dari, and are somewhat unwilling to teach it to a stranger. I once remarked to Ardashir what a pity it was that they did not commit it to writing. He replied that there had at one time been some talk of translating the Golestan into Dari, but that they had decided that it was inexpedient to facilitate the acquisition of their idiom to non-Zoroastrians. To me, they were as a rule ready enough to impart information about it, though when I tried to get old Jamshid the gardener to tell me more about it, he excused himself, saying that a knowledge of it could be of no possible use to me. The following is a list of the Dari words and phrases which I collected at Yazd. Hamushtudun, to arise, shortened in speaking to Hamushtun, imperative Hamusht, present tense, one, Hamushtude, or Hamushtudem, two, Hamushtudi, three, Hamushtud, first plural, Hamushtudim, second plural, Hamushtudid, third plural, Hamushtudand. Watwun, to say. Imperative, Viva. Past tense, Omvut, Udvut, or Tadvut, Oshvut, or Inoshvut. Plural, Mavut, or Mamavut, Dovut, Shovut. Don't talk, Vuj Chemaku. Che means chod, self. Maku, makon, do not do or make. Groftun, to take. Ashnuftan, to hear. Didwun, to see. Kushtwun, to strike. Vinodwun, to throw. Turn, literally throw the water into that channel. Wo de oju veven. Wo, water, de, to, into, o that noshte or noshtim i sat second singular noshti third singular nosht first plural monoshtun imperative second singular unik second plural unigit veshu go koishi 
Whither goest thou? Hamashtun vashim. Let us arise and go. Ma vashim. Let us go. Veshugo. Go down. Shuma gavshit. Do you go down? Meu veshe. I want to go. Biu. Come. Muneu. Come here. Mebu e. May I come? Omuda vebu. Be ready. Wow. Water. Dumined. Arag. Spirit. So called, they say, because it distills from the end of the pipe. Domenei. Kiloel. Wine. Said to be onomatopoeic. From the noise it makes as it is poured out of the bottle. Wakti kilovel davarta. The time for wine has passed. Guff. Talk. Guff zadan. To talk. Bows. A bee. Rujgorat nyok. Good day. Those who desire fuller information about this interesting dialect, which well deserves a more careful and systematic study than it has yet received, may consult General Hotum Schindler's admirable paper on the Zoroastrians of Persia, the Parsen in Persian, ihre Sprache, etc., in volume 36 of the Zeitschrift der Deutschen Morgenlandischen Gesellschaft, pages 54 to 88. Ferdinand Eusti's article in volume 35 of the same periodical, pages 327 to 414, Beracines Dialecte Persans, Kazan, 1853, and the articles of M. Wart in series 8 of the Journal Asiatique, volume 6, page 502, volume 11, page 298, volume 14, page 534. In this connection, I may also cite a verse written in the Kaushani dialect by a Kaushi who wished to take off the slang expression for to take a person off in the sense of to make fun of or mimic him is tuye kukekasi raftan. Kuk kardan means to wind up a watch. Applied to a person, it means to rile, put in a passion. I riled him, and he got in a wax, is in Persian slang, Kukash kardam obe ausman raft. I wound him up, and he went up to the sky. The speech of his fellow townsman. Pas khuno pishhun ke porbafrbid, shobbe nadorad ke zameistun resid. Ki seye sahboon betehe salt ne, beek zadand, no batehem moon resid. Now that the front yard and back yard are full of snow, there is no doubt that winter has come. Put the soap bag in the bottom of the basket. They are blowing the horn, the time for the bath has come. While I am on the subject of these linguistic curiosities, I may as well mention a method of secret communication sometimes employed in Persia, the nature and applications of which were explained to me by my Ervani friend a few days before his departure for Mashhad. Some of my readers, as have studied Arabic, Persian, Turkish, or Hindustani, will know that besides the ordinary arrangement of the letters of the Arabic alphabet, there is another arrangement called the abjad from the four letters aleph bao jim daul which begin it representing a much older order the order of the letters in the abjad 
is expressed by the following series of meaningless words consisting of groups of three or four letters each supplied with vowel points to render them pronounceable abjad havaz hoti kalaman sa'fas karashat sakhaz zazaqa in this order each has a numerical value alef one ba two jim three dal four and so on up to ya ten then come the other tens kalf twenty lam thirty and so on up to qaf one hundred then the other hundreds up to the qain one thousand the manner in which by means of this abjad words and sentences may be made to express dates is familiar to all students of these languages and i will therefore only give as a specimen for the benefit of the general reader the rather ingenious chronogram for the death of the poet jami premising that he was a native of the province of khurasan that smoke or smoke of the heart is a poetical form for the size and that to come up from in the case of a number means to be subtracted from this then is the chronogram dud as khurasan bar omad smoke size arose from khurasan or dud dal four vav six dal four total fourteen came up that is was subtracted from khurasan khaw six hundred ra two hundred alif one sin sixty alif one noon fifty total nine hundred twelve taking fourteen from nine hundred twelve we get the date of jami's death a h eight ninety eight a d fourteen ninety two the method of secret communication above alluded to consists in indicating first the word of the abjad to which the letter to be spelt out occurs then its position in that word in communicating by raps a double rap knocks off each word of the abjad while on reaching the word in which the desired letter occurs its position in that word is indicated by the requisite number of single raps an instance will make this clear it is desired to ask nomito chist what is thy name the letters which spell out this message are nun alef mim tau valv jim for chim yao sin tau nun is in the fourth word of the abjad and is the fourth letter of that word kalaman it is therefore indicated by three double raps removing or knocking off the three first words abjad havaz hoti and thus bringing us to the next word kalaman followed by four single raps showing that it is the fourth letter in that word the remaining letters are expressed in similar fashion so that if we represent double raps by dashes and single raps by dots the whole message will run as follows double rap double rap double rap single rap single rap single rap single rap noon single rap alif double rap double rap double rap single rap single rap single rap meme double rap double rap double rap double rap double rap single rap single rap single rap single rap tall double rap single rap single rap valve single rap single rap single rap cheem or jeem 
double rap double rap single rap single rap single rap yao double rap double rap double rap double rap single rap scene double rap double rap double rap double rap double rap single rap single rap single rap single rap tall messages can be similarly communicated by a person smoking the galyan or water pipe to his accomplice or partner without the knowledge of the uninitiated in this case a long pull at the pipe is substituted for the double rap and a short pull for the single rap pulling the moustache or stroking the neck face or collar right side for words left side for letters is also resorted to to convert the system from an auditory into a visual one it is expressed in writing in a similar fashion each letter being represented by an upright stroke with ascending branches on the right for the words and on the left for the letters this writing is called from the appearance of the letters khatisarvi cypress writing or khatishajari tree writing in this character written in the usual way from right to left the sentence we took above namito chist will stand as follows the mention of enigmatic writings reminds me of a matter which i omitted to speak of in its proper place i mean the pahlavi and zend manuscripts preserved in the fire temples of yazd although i knew that yazd had long since been ransacked for such treasures and that even should any old manuscripts remain it would be impossible to do more than examine them a task which i who knew no pahlavi and only the merest rudiments of zend was but little qualified to undertake i naturally did not omit to make inquiries on the subject of the dastur and ardashir as i expected most of the manuscripts especially the older and more valuable ones had been sent to the parsees of bombay so as to be safe from the outbursts of mohammedan fanaticism to which the zoroastrians of yazd are always liable but in one of the fire temples i was shown two manuscripts of the sacred books the older of which was by the kindness of the dastur lent to me during the remainder of my stay at yazd so that i was enabled to examine it thoroughly this manuscript a large volume of two hundred and ninety four leaves contained so far as i could make out the whole of the vendidaud with interspersed pahlavi translation and commentary written in red the headings of the chapter being also in red and the avesta text in black on page one fifty eight was inscribed a persian poem of fifty-nine couplets wherein the transcriber bahram the son of marzaban the son of feridun the son of bahram details the circumstances of his life and the considerations which led him to undertake the transcription of the sacred volume from this it appeared that when the aforesaid bahram was thirteen years of age his father marzabane feridun left his country presumably yazd and at the command of the reigning king settled in qazvin after a while he went to khurasan and thence to kerman where he died at the age of fifty-seven the death of his father turned bahram's thoughts to his religion which he began to study diligently with all such as could teach him anything about it at the age of sixteen he seems to have transcribed the yashts and at the age of twenty he commenced the transcription of the vendidaud 
of which he completed the first half as stated in the verses cited on pages three seventy seven to eight supra on the fourteenth day of the month of amordad a y nine seventy seven on the page facing that whereon this poem is written are inscribed the dates of the deaths of a number of zoroastrians belonging probably to the family of the transcriber beginning with bahram's father marzebone feridun who died on the day of varahram bahram in the month of farvardin a y nine seventy the last date is a y ten sixty nine the writing of the manuscript is large clear and legible and it bears throughout the signs of careful work one side of page twenty nine is occupied by a diagram indicating i believe the successive positions in which the officiating priest or mobad must stand in relation to the fire altar while performing some of the ceremonies connected with the homa sacrifice this sacred plant the homa or as it is now called is found in the mountains about yazd but i could not succeed in obtaining or even in seeing a specimen while i was there after my return to cambridge however the dastur kindly sent me some of the seeds and stalks of it packed in a tin box i gave some of the former to the cambridge botanical gardens unfortunately they did not grow up but they were identified by mr lynch the curator as a species of ephedra near the end of the volume i found the following short prayer in persian shikasto zadbald ahrimane dorvandikaj avo hamal divano drojano jodavon defeated and smitten be ahriman the outcast the froward with all the demons and fiends and warlocks some of the original leaves of the manuscript had been lost and replaced by new ones written in a bad hand on common white paper it is time however to leave the zoroastrians and to say something of the babis of yazd with whom also i passed many pleasant and profitable hours but this chapter has already grown so long that what i have to say on this and some other matters had better form the substance of another end of section 31 end of chapter 13 yazd